0: You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies with Mickey and Megan, two best friends adventuring through motherhood, building our careers, and and not losing losing our shit. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. This is Megan. And this is Mickey. Hey, everyone. Welcome back.
1: We're still here. (laughs) (laughs) Barely. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what else is there to say? Yeah getting ready for
0: father's day yeah yeah that's exciting so we are trying to figure out some fun ways to celebrate um luckily we'll be able to celebrate maybe a little more with other people than we were mother's day so that that will be nice for the daddies out there
1: yeah of course I saw a meme go around. <laughs> oh yeah, they're gonna loosen things up just in time for Father's Day, aren't they? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Classic. <laughs> Classic, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. But um yeah, I don't really know what we're doing yet. I think we might have like I'm I'm running my half marathon on this Saturday. And oh so God. we're gonna do like a little social distanced uh finish line for me because oh. it's a virtual half marathon and so I think we might, since you can have like a small group of people, we might do like a little potluck after party slash early Father's Day celebration. But I'm not sure yet. Yeah! Wow! Happy Father's Day! Your wife's a badass.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, oh, that's gonna
0: steal the thunder a little, but
1: (laughs) that's awesome. Oh, that! What does virtual? half marathon mean you just are running it yourself by yourself You just run completely alone
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then you get a t-shirt and get to say yeah. I did it <laughs> oh that's cool though good for you because yeah. you're working towards for a long time yeah it's gonna be really hard like because usually uh, anybody who's listening who has done races before you know that the last three miles are completely mental and it's like the adrenaline and excitement of the crowd and all the runners around you that push you through. So I ran 11 miles yesterday, which was my longest run I'll do before the race. Mm-hmm. And the last two miles, I dropped off my dog because we only let him go 10 miles. That's so like his max. I mm-hmm. dropped him off at nine miles. And the last two miles I did by myself, and I, it was, it was torture. So <laughs> I'm a little nervous, but, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. You get a T-shirt. I do. Do it for the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was kind of cool because the um, the cost of the race, the proceeds are going to to Feeding America, so oh. it's like for a good cause, and it's it was something to focus on, and it'll yeah. be kind of cool to say like, hey, during COVID nineteen, I ran a virtual race.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's
0: good. That good for you. That's exciting. That you saw yeah. it. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, back to Father's Day. Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this episode is going to be really fun. We are talking about parenting um, and family dynamics. And so uh, before we get into it, let's dive into our highs and lows.
1: Yeah. All right. You want to go first? Sure. Um, so my high was last weekend. Um. Guys, it was so good. It was like the best day of my life, it feels like, because it's been so long. We um, went out to Birch Bay, and we went mini-golfing with the kids. And there was, like, hardly anyone there. It's, like, the perfect social distancing activity. They have, like, all the clubs sanitized and balls and everything. And, like, the kids had so much fun. We did the go-karts afterwards, which was really fun. Like, just a great day out in the sun out in public kind of <laughs> was so nice and then we had dinner at our friend's house which they had a baby a couple months ago so we got to meet their new baby and like our kids all played and we had another couple of friends that happened to be in town that stopped by also that we didn't weren't expecting so cool. it, like turned into this like three family trifecta which was maybe a couple people over the limit but at this point dude we've all been quarantined for so long oh my god it felt so good to feel normal for a night we stayed there until like almost 10 o'clock with my kids like that's so yeah that's like that's huge they just kept coming how late are you staying because we're having so much fun i'm like we'll stay forever we don't have to ever leave it was (laughs) awesome to feel yeah a little bit of normal again so that was my huge high i'm so Uh, jealous (laughs) yeah it was real good (laughs) Um, my low is um I've just been I'm like that was really high now my low is I've just been having a really bad time with my mental health lately like it's so I, I don't I'm I get very caught up in things like I like being busy and having my husband home and we're always doing things and it's like whatever but when he's gone especially and like life slows down is when I like struggle and realize how long I've been struggling. So I just went in and um, I went and had a doctor's appointment to get back on some like ADD medicine that I was on that I just stopped taking because I thought I was doing fine and then it turns out I haven't been doing fine and I just went back in and she gave me um, just like a casual date. I don't know if you guys haven't had mental health like doctor visits or anything. A lot of it's just, like, verbal, emotional questionnaires kind of thing. Like, how many days do you feel this way? And that kind of thing. And she would get, like was asking me questions, and I didn't really realize what she was doing. And I'm just, like, answering them. Oh, yeah, most days, whatever. Um, but it was a depression scale, and it wasn't an ADD one at all. And my questions or my answers were, like, not that good. And I'm already on medication for that. Um, so... I switched my medication and increased that which is good because I'm like oh yeah that's like that sucks and I didn't realize that I was having that problem it's so easy to I mean everyone is struggling right now I know and it's really hard Mm -hmm. being home in general but um Mm -hmm. but just kind of like reaching out to get help and then just kind of taking a moment to assess myself and how I've been feeling and dealing with things and all of that was different and um Since then, I don't know if it's, like, my medication side effects or what, but I've just been getting sick a lot, like, nausea, and I feel like my heart is racing pretty much all day, every day, for the past few days, and I, like, got nervous, I'm, like, taking pregnancy tests, (laughs) which I'm making notes, I'm, like, I don't know what's going on every time, the only time I ever get nauseous and throw up is when I'm pregnant, so I'm freaking out about that, like, not
0: pregnant but they, Yeah, they were negative but the they way. were
1: negative I have an IUD but I'm like oh well there's an eight in a thousand chance and that's gonna be me I just know it I'm fine but I think it's just my stress like I'm just stressed and anxious and everything is just kind of piling up all at once sort of but that's just really unlike me because I'm yeah I, go with the flow.
0: I'm not like, I don't get stressed out. I was just going to say, you're literally never stressed. Like, I don't, I can't think of one time that I could say Mickey's, Mickey's stressed out. Like pushed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, they're just like,
0: like life and work and, um,
1: we had like a death in the family and just a lot of stuff building up and just a night, like I'm super busy with embroidery stuff, which is, I'm so thankful for and I know that so many people like want business right now just fitting that in right now with the kids home is so difficult. And I'm having just an order from hell right now. And so I have been, I've just been working on it, working on it. I saw working and I had to like Mike's working nights right now. And he woke up today and came out and I was just like on the verge of just losing it. <laughs> I was like, this isn't working out. I hate it. It looks bad. I can't give them this. I don't know what to do. And he's like, okay, we'll fix it. But I'm, working like I can't fix it right now so I had to like tell this lady I'm sorry it's gonna be like another week until they're done whatever and none of it's a big deal he's like don't worry like you'll get it done you want to do good work it's no big deal like just take some breaths and I'm just having a really hard time relaxing
0: well just everything at, at with the climate of the world everything feels so much bigger I feel like even just at home like just because there's so much chaos everywhere, there's nothing and disorder. There's just nothing to keep us stable. Mm-hmm. So even like our small, not saying what you're dealing with is small, but comparatively, <laughs> right? So even like our small struggles that would normally just be like a little blip in the road that we could brush off and move on with, they mm-hmm. just feel so much bigger. Yeah. Because there's, there's nothing to hold us down. It's right. Just, everything is so scary and crazy.
1: Yeah, and I think another thing, it just, like, usually, I'm, like, a pretty social person, so I'm, like, on Facebook a lot, like, what's everybody doing? Facebook is not
0: Don't go the there
1: <laughs> place to go, it's, and I'm such an empath, like, it, I, yeah, like, you were saying earlier, like, I soak that stuff in, I'm just a wreck all around. My real life, other people's lives right now it's just, like, getting to be way too much.
0: We're just, yeah, you're just, we're carrying the stress of everyone. Yeah. else that, yeah. that we see everywhere on the news on social media our friends that we talk to who are also feeling it like we're just carrying so much stress for everyone that we can't carry our own stresses yeah,
1: yeah.
0: hang in there so, yeah. i mean that sounds so like those words have no meaning <laughs> but i <laughs> no, mean I it. it sincerely though. i mean yeah. just keep I, you're doing a great job and you know you're just one day at a time yep. you know tomorrow's a new year. day yeah Every day I say that to myself, I feel like tomorrow's a new day. Wake up with a new mindset and hope it goes better than the day before. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? So my highs and lows are basically the same thing. Um, I think, actually I could say a little more confidently, I know that Nora is no longer breastfeeding. She, it's been, uh, maybe, maybe, a, a three weeks, a month that she's basically been done every now and then she'll just ask for it, but it's like for less than a minute. And I think it's just like, to be like, Hey mom, let me just snuggle you for a second. Aww. And I just have so many mixed emotions about it. Like part of me is like, I'm so happy because like, maybe I can start to feel like my body's my own again. Mm-hmm. And, but like, I didn't mind doing, it. I actually loved it, which yeah. is funny because I was so disgusted by it before I had kids, <laughs> but my goal was six months and I made it 21. <laughs> so pretty- I'm pretty proud of that. Um, but it's just like my favorite thing in the morning was I'd go in there and I'd get her and I would sit in the chair and have my coffee and we would snuggle while she nursed. And just one morning, she didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And, like, for a while, it had only been, like, in the morning and maybe once midday, but always in the morning. Mm-hmm. And she just, she just decided one day, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Aww. So, yeah, it's a little sad to be yeah. done with that chapter. Um, but also, like, okay, my body's my own again. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. Yeah, and a big deal. Honestly, I don't think there's been tmi but i don't think there's been milk in there for a while <laughs> because i'm like waiting for some drastic change and it's like right. okay <laughs> like yeah this is, yeah so yeah so my highs and lows those are both of them mixed emotions yeah
1: that's what i was just thinking about you guys today which is really funny about that weird <laughs> I was about today. <laughs> <laughs> I know that,
0: yeah, that's been, uh, that's been a big, I'm proud of you. That is not an easy feat. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I'm proud of it too. It's like, dang, we made it. But also, I was like, okay, girl, like, you got, you're, you're going to be two. You have all your teeth. You yeah. eat a normal amount of food. Like, w- yeah. what, when are we going to break this? So, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even have to wean her. She just weaned herself. So, yeah. anyway, so yeah. that's that. But yeah, so. Let's um let's get our guest on. We're really excited about this episode. I mean, parenting, like literally none of us know what we're doing, I feel like. But our guest I I would say does. <laughs> and so we thought it would be good to chat with somebody who can give us all some info and be a little bit of an inspiration to all of us. So her name is Danielle Bettman. She's a parenting coach with her own business called Wholeheartedly, and she is out of Omaha. She believes parenting is the hardest job in the world. Her goal with one-on-one parent coaching is to come alongside parents to equip them with the tools, mindset, and perspectives they need to be the parent they want to be. She started her own podcast, Failing Motherhood to normalize the struggle and share vulnerable stories of feeling like a failure as a mom. So, I mean, we all feel that way Mm
1: -hmm. a lot
0: of the time, I feel like, and what a great podcast idea. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we just, we're really excited for this conversation. So let's get her on the show. All right. Hi, Danielle. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. So we gave you a quick little bio, but... Why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
2: Sure. So I'm Danielle. I have two daughters that are seven and six now. I don't recommend having kids 15 months apart, but I survived. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I've been married to my high school sweetheart for almost 11 years now. And we live in the heart of the Midwest in Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, what else? I went to school technically for teaching, so I have like a teaching certificate certification and from birth through third grade. Um, but then I kind of moved into home visiting and now parent coaching. So that's where I'm at now. Nice. So
0: what kind of inspired the shift?
2: Yeah. So I was originally working with kids cause I loved kids and I love providing what's best for kids. But I realized very quickly that already by three, the Head Start kids that I was getting, I was like, oh boy, like we've missed out on so much. We need to dial it back, go back to like, I wanted to start with babies and be able to put all of the foundations in place when they needed to be there because I realized like they were just missing out on so much. And so I started with an early Head Start classroom from infants all the way up until they graduated to preschool. And I loved that. It was super, super fun, sweet. But then the school I was working for, created a partnership with Save the Children to do home visiting. And so I kind of spearheaded that effort and took that on for the next three or four years. And it was incredibly rewarding because what happens in a classroom is great. But really what happens at home is what really, really matters. And that's what really wires kids and the parent-child relationship is so key for a million reasons. But it's where all of the hardest work lies because were exhausted, and parenting is the hardest job in the world, and there is no manual and no village, and you can read all the books, but you have to figure out what works for your kid that's right in front of you and get to know them, and so with all odds against them, I was just helping kind of connect parents with more resources and give them more tools and strategies and help them walk through some developmental screenings and things and bring books in their home. And it, and they just like welcomed me in as a part of their family. And I just ate it up. I loved it so much. And so I knew that I didn't want to go back to a classroom. I wanted to work with families again. But I had you know taken some other part time ventures on as I raised my itty bitty kids. And when they started elementary school, I had a midlife crisis of what do I want to be when I grow up again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and I really wanted to work with families and kind of be the boots on the ground, helping in the trenches where it's the hardest and where it really matters most with parents so that they can be the ones that confidently feel like they know what they're doing and providing what's best for their kids. So I decided to just wing it and start my own company like you do. <laughs>
0: nice. Wow. That's brave and really inspirational I mean that and naive and on. very naive <laughs> no, I mean, yeah I mean that's gotta feel like just so empowering to be like okay I think I can help people do this you know yeah yeah
1: yeah especially <laughs> parenting where like you said no one knows what they're doing and it is so is- hard I would I'm like okay my kids are now what five and almost seven Um, I could use I'm like taking notes while we talk (laughs) (laughs) I am here for
2: (laughs) yes it is so hard and there's so many conflicting opinions and recommendations and it's really aggravating and I really just try to break it all down and help sort through it all to figure out like what are the main things that need to be the main things and how do they work for your family and how do they meet you meet your goals and like what are just like missing gaps like a coach would you know just kind of provide that support and accountability because it's really not all just knowledge because we can all know what we're supposed to do but we eat cookies at nine o'clock at night anyway you know (laughs) like there's a lot more to it especially with parenting so
0: yeah yeah so how do your sessions work you do do you do all in person do you do virtual Kind of yeah. sessions over the phone, so that's
2: had to shift, of course, because of our good friend COVID. So um, I was doing all in-home consultations with families because that's obviously the most convenient way to do it, all locally. But um, with with the whole shift this spring, I've had to switch to virtual only, and I was doing some in-person. Um, workshops and parenting series and you know classes and things and so those events were all canceled of course but um, so Zoom is my best friend and we um uh, just get together with my clients that way and I have found that we can pretty much do everything the same as as in person um, awesome. over over Zoom so doing so that, that kind now, of yeah.
0: COVID's actually expanded your business then in a way because now you can go Nationwide, you know. Really? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Which is exciting, and I kind of did like a mastermind in April just for to like help mom survive quarantine. Um, Ooh. so that was kind of a like fun new venture, and then now just in May I started a podcast as well as a way to kind of just yeah grow and and spread the word um all over the place. So yeah,
0: awesome. Well, we're really excited to hear some of your tips and just kind of some of the things that you offer and so the first thing we want to talk about was writing a family business plan now Mickey and I were kind of like oh my gosh are we failing motherhood because we don't even know what a family (laughs) business plan
1: is I don't even have a business plan for my business (laughs) I'm super interested to hear about this yeah so
2: Well, if you're failing motherhood, you're joining the club, because that's (laughs) how we all feel. That's the name of my podcast for the listeners. But um, a family business plan is essentially the idea that if we want and care about the end result of what we're trying to do day to day, then we have to have a plan. And that plan does not need to be intense and detailed. It just needs to be conversations that we hash out if we are parenting as a team with someone else and the same kind of ideals that we plan out if you have a business plan I just kind of took and applied that to parenting so some there's like six different modules that I just compiled working its way from really big picture down to you know the details of now and kind of the trajectory that gets there but the big takeaway is Thinking about what really, really we want for our kids at the end of this like 18 plus journey venture, um, what do we want to be true of their life, and who do we want them to be, and actually putting that on paper, and because you know we can think and want all of the best amazing things for them, but if we're just trying to like throw paint at a wall, it's not going to have the same effect day to day. As it is if we identify like the top five values that we really want to be infusing and make concerted efforts to do that on a daily basis so like the first activity or conversational exercise that's the homework is out of all of these characteristics that you could say of your kids that are positive and great which ten matter to you you know husband and wife and talk about, well, why that word? Why does that one jump out to you? And what's your definition of that word? And then you have to rank them from like first, second, third, fourth, and priority of what do you really, really want your kids to be? Because there is no right answer for that. Mm-hmm. And, and every family's is different, and which is beautiful and great. But if you know what your 10 are, then when you see opportunities to enroll them in something or... You have, you know, the opportunity to travel or to stay home or to get a pet or to have them start their own business and, you know, whatever it is, you just decide if it aligns with the things that you already decided were your goals or were true. And when you have that plan kind of hashed out, then you have kind of like some shared language and some ideals. And then that kind of boils down to a family mission statement. And all of it is just hoping that you just feel a lot more confident in your own family's identity because we can get pulled in so many directions because there's so many good things out there that when every next thing comes around the corner, we can say yes to that or no to that and confidently know that we're acting out of our kids' best interest and we're still reaching our end goal without every day having to win every battle, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's a lot like what we talk about with business, with your branding words and how you make all of your business decisions based off of your branding words. It's kind of like. Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So how, I mean, how young do you start this? Because our listeners kids range from, you know, little babies to teenagers and beyond. I mean, what Mm -hmm. age would you recommend is, is the best to start something like this?
2: Well, I've done it with clients that have itty bitties and ones that are like, "Is are we too late? <laughs> you know, like, is there any hope for us because our kids are so old?" Uh, um, but I think I think the earlier the better, and then you can just kind of keep going back to it because just like our our businesses do evolve, so does the needs of our family, and even as parents, our own identities and personalities and interests. And and if we can continue to evolve something that already exists, that's definitely an advantage than trying to recreate or start something from scratch. So if you, it's probably not something you can do before you become a parent, because your brain's just not there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's be serious. But Mm -hmm. once you have a handle on, you know, having maybe a two or three year old, then you can start to say, okay, well, it really will matter to us to have family dinners because that's something I grew up with and I think it's good for kids for these reasons and we're going to make that one of our core things or you know it's going to be travel or, or it's going to be you know private school or you already start to kind of have some of those things of what matters to us and it really is just getting it on paper and then and continuing to kind of use that to make decisions.
0: Love that.
1: That's super smart. I like the writing down who you want them to be we're like kind of starting to i never thought to write it all down that first of all is brilliant and i am a total <laughs> believer in like writing things down and like manifesting your own destiny that way like
0: yeah um, yeah
1: my husband and i talk a lot about um like things about our childhood or how we turned out that we really don't want for our kids and how yeah. we want to do different so like building their confidence in ways that we never did um and start yeah starting early at like my daughter's finishing first grade and it I mean it comes into play when it's like do we want her to be doing like intramural sports or like sign her up for dance class and like how are all these things gonna shape her and I I really like I really like that idea that's so super smart (laughs) thank you yeah So I do that with
2: my one-on-one clients and I have a course that just walks you through that with videos. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow.
0: That's awesome. So just like the whole family business plan from start to finish kind of tutorial. Cool. Yep. Okay. Um, And Mickey, you actually just said something that brings us into our next point, which, you know, you mentioned things that you guys wanted to change from how you were brought up. So Why it's hard to parent differently than you were parented. Mm -hmm. This, I feel like, is a sensitive topic, but definitely something that really should be addressed, you know, with you and your partner and Mm -hmm. should have a plan for.
2: Yeah. Because really, the only instincts that we come wired with when we show up to parent on day one is the ways that we were parented. That's it. And that's because when we as a kid were in our first seven years of life, our subconscious mind is being formed and it's really like downloading software. It just it doesn't ask questions. It just takes in all of the information as a sponge, locks it in around seven and then runs it on autopilot the rest of the time. And that is when we form our idea about who we are and what is the world and how we get our needs met and all of those things.
0: Early?
2: like yes <laughs> that is when no the subconscious pressure. mind forms I know right <laughs> <Yeah. Wow. laughs> which it still can change and evolve it's just much harder to do when it's like solidified and much more of a concrete than it is when it's all just fluid and happening in those first seven years and so kids in that space they aren't able to really question things they just take it as fact where after that fact it's almost like we get a buffer or a filter and we're able to kind of push back on things or, or question things or say, well, that's not actually what's happening because I know that this is true and I can kind of combat that information. But before that, it, it's just like, nope, I'm accepting it all, even if it's not healthy. So if we were parented in ways that we know now in our conscious mind didn't serve us in all the best ways that we, you know, we wanted to be where we can see that some needs were met or some core skills weren't taught and those types of things, we can consciously know that we can choose differently with our own kids. But anytime that we are under stress and forced into that like fight or flight response, we go back to those instincts. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that undermine our ability to do and show up differently and have more patience and not revert to yelling and like have ways to better strategize because parenting ultimately is done under pressure (laughs) like Mm -hmm. most of the time Mm -hmm. and you're winging it and you're also trying to keep and juggle all of the balls of adulthood at the same time and you just don't get to like compartmentalize it and have it as like one part of the day that you nail. It's just like a run on sentence of a blur. So um, those instincts really do, do keep taking over more than we realize unless we do a lot of work looking at why those things keep coming up and why these behaviors really, really trigger and bother me. Why are they making me so mad? Why do I see that behavior as so aggravating? And it usually will go back to something about our relationship with our parents and unless we're able to really detach those things and kind of take on new new perspectives then we're just going to keep repeating that same thing over and over and if our the other thing about that is our spouse grew up with a totally different baggage and agenda of their <laughs> own childhood so you're trying to reconcile both of those at the same time and it's a mess yeah
0: I mean it's, that's maybe something that can be discussed in a, in your family business plan too, is just, yes you know, issues that you each know are present, but it's, I think it's the ones that you m- might not know about yet that mm-hmm. might be really challenging. But I think to I'm a big, I love therapy. I'm a big therapy yep. person. And I yes. think to therapy and almost everything, every issue you have as an adult relates back to your childhood. They, you know, something with your child-like parts. Yeah. So interesting that, you know, I mean, we're molding like what our kids' future issues might be. The
2: things they're going to talk about in therapy later, yes? Yes.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. So how, I mean, so, I mean, this can be such a touchy subject. So let's say that, you know, you know that you had, some issues in your upbringing Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: your parents or your in-laws notice that, you know, you're addressing things differently than how they did with you or your spouse. Mm -hmm. How do you suggest that you kind of have a conversation with the parents or in-laws about that? Yeah. Yeah, Or do you you just ignore it?
1: (laughs) Grandparent interventions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: that is such a tricky topic because a lot of a lot of the clients that I'm working with are starting to learn all of these things for themselves for the first time, like, you know, emotional literacy and, you know, most managing their own emotions and boundaries and like codependency and all these big topics. They're starting to learn for the first time themselves now as a grown up while they're trying to at the same time teach them to their kids and get it right and then yeah they have that other relationship to navigate with their own parents or, or in-laws that is usually not helping <laughs> and um so we've i've talked to the, about that with with clients but uh, number one i always recommend therapy for all mm-hmm. definitely oh, always helps um there's always things to figure out there that I don't try to make coaching sessions into therapy sessions because I do not have the width of that background, but I will help them see where um, they do have to, their main responsibility is to their kids. Right. And so we do still of course have that people pleasing mentality that wants to do well for our parents and wants to have their approval and respect. But in order to show up the best, you can for your kids, you usually in some way need to disobey your own parents. And that's a hard place to be, but you almost have to own that in order to feel confident enough to be carrying that out. Otherwise, you're just going to be kind of like wishy-washy, trying to please everyone, but essentially doing nothing. So um, figuring out where those boundaries are of what you feel comfortable with and what you don't feel comfortable with. And then being able to share that in a way that is respectful, because you do have the ability to ask for things if, like, a grandparent is watching them, to say, "Here's what I expect, and here's how it's going to go," and not feel bad or guilty about that. Um, and then, you know, if a boundary is cl- crossed, being able to say, "Okay, I can't, I can't let this happen," so therefore, I'm going to have to put this boundary in place now. Um, but if there is way is that you're really seeing that I'm using this positive strategy and I'm saying things in this certain way. I want to get you know these other caregivers on board with these type of things. They're usually not going to do it if you just say like you have to do it this way. Mm-hmm. It's better to almost go passive aggressive with it to say like, hey, I'm, I've re- I read this article that was super helpful with Jojo. I just wanted to pass it along, you know, in case you might find it helpful or hey this was something that just all of a sudden just like you really responded to this so I don't know maybe you could give it a try (laughs) and just see how receptive they are (laughs) to it because ultimately you can't control their the way that they interact but you can only control what happens in your house and Mm -hmm. and yeah make those boundaries for your own kids safety
0: yeah, it's boundaries. I mean,
1: I yeah. just think boundaries <laughs> in general is there's no other podcast. Yes, right. <laughs> oh gosh. So, um, what do you have any advice for breaking those? Like now, just through this conversation, I'm like, this brings up some deep, dark stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah. Thinking, about, yeah, I'm sure that that's a a heavy topic for families, but, yeah. Um, if you're doing your self-reflection and finding some of these habits that you've gotten into that are mm-hmm. maybe not so healthy for your kid yep. that you really want to change, you have advice for breaking those.
2: Yeah. So you're saying like, I'm acting in a way that I want to consciously get past. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that really comes down to, I feel like being more empowered from the education side of really understanding why you're doing it and how it affects your kids. Because then when you know better, you do better. Mm -hmm. And I really think a lot of a lot of parenting is just we want what's best for our kids 100%. And we define best in our own unique way. And then we just try to carry that out as best we can every single day and we are trying to do our best and we have to have grace for ourselves and we can't beat ourselves up that serves no one but if we can every day little by little try to learn more about what is you know a developmentally appropriate behavior for their age or what is a maybe better, more effective way of wording something when you're asking them to do something or just little tidbits like that, that help you feel like, okay, I really feel like I know what's going on in their head. Then that makes it 10 times more effective for the way that you then show up in that moment. So like, I really help parents understand that meltdowns, tantrums, aggression, things like that. They're usually coming down to that kid feeling really overwhelmed, stressed out, um, don't have the skills, you know, just so lost that it's coming out as like a tip of a deeper iceberg that we have to problem solve. And that activates a parent's empathy to say, okay, well, if I knew that, then I wouldn't jump to yelling and screaming because, I mean, if they're having a really hard time of course, I, you know, empathize with that. And I want to help them through that as they're grown up. So it it does just take kind of like a step back zoom out. Let's look at everything that's happening about that moment. And then say, Okay, well, it's this that's affecting this and their sleep is off. And then there's also it's like this routine. And the, you know, like, it's just so complicated, usually. But when we're able to get it all out on paper through a coaching session, and I ask some deeper questions, then we can kind of Narrow it down to the root issue and then address that. So then that whole interaction is just eliminated.
0: Yeah, I, we have an almost two year old and she's acting recently like a two year old. (laughs) And my husband and I, we've both been doing a lot of self-reflection and just kind of work within our marriage and in ourselves of our emotional, emotional intelligence and emotional capacity And just, like, how can I expect her to not have a temper tantrum when I just had a temper tantrum last night? And how can Mm -hmm. I expect her to know how she feels when I have no idea how I feel half the time? (laughs) It's just like, it's just like this, oh, like, moment where we're both just doing this work and realizing, like, I'm not good at that. I, I need to have patience with her so that we can teach her and mold her how to do this. Like, this is such a scary moment in our lives this like you know it's all hitting us at once where we're like oh man we need to wake up and and we are and we're doing the work but it's just like yeah good for you oh man it's yeah it's
2: it's, yeah I always joke that there (laughs) is there's no like path to enlightenment that then certifies you to become a parent it's like the opposite it's like you get kids and then And it's like, all right, here's your opportunity to learn all of your weaknesses and things that you didn't know about yourself. And like, yay, happy addressing everything right now as we go alongside your kids. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Well, that's good that you guys are working together on that, Megan. But um, what if, I feel like probably in any parent relationship, the two parents' experiences with the kids are very different, and relationships oh, yeah. and viewpoints, and all of that. Like my husband comes home from work, and he'll like be with the kids. And I'm like, they are different people for you than they are me. Like none of this is the same. We can do the exact same thing with them, and it's completely different outcomes mm-hmm. and everything. How? Why is it so? <laughs> why is that? And how do we <laughs> fix it? Yes,
2: in every parenting relationship, I feel like there's always some sort of dynamic of good cop and bad cop because Mm -hmm. there are behaviors that really bother one parent that the other parent like doesn't even phase them and then there's usually one parent that is more depleted and the other one that's way more refreshed and then there is just parents that are more strict and more lenient and some are more tapped into their own emotions and some are a little more hardened and So you have to navigate those dynamics as well as just having the same framework of how are you seeing this behavior and what do you feel like is the best way to address it. And you still could be doing the same exact strategies, which is best because kids do just really, really want to know whenever I do this, I can always count on this being the response. And that makes them feel safe. Even if it's something negative, they just want to know, like, where are the lines? Mm -hmm. And whenever it's inconsistent, when they get away with something with one parent and, like, they let them do it all the time and the other parent doesn't, that's just aggravating to them. That's confusing. And it's some sort of, like, a lottery system they can't figure out. So we always want to be as consistent as possible between spouses or parents. But then there still is that dynamic of the kids do show up differently differently for you even if you are doing the same thing and that's because they love us the most (laughs) (laughs) it really is because there is something about our parent-child relationship as moms that kids feel the safest with us and we're supposed to take that as a compliment because (laughs) they can be their full emotional selves with us and feel like they can safely push the boundary to the edge with the parent that they know is going to react in the safest way and is going to always act in their best intentions and always love them absolutely unconditionally. So that's supposed to be a very good sign for your attachment level, um, but it does definitely make things harder (laughs) when you just want them to get their shoes on. So (laughs) (laughs) knowing that that's part of it is at least a little bit – you know, like that you're not alone. And that can help in the moment of just like, knowing that you're not doing something wrong. Um, Because a lot of times I think we just beat ourselves up. Like, what am I doing wrong? What am I missing? Why can't I get this figured out? But really, it is just a normally naturally, naturally developmental phase of like, I just need to figure this out in a safe container that is with mom. It's
0: the most frustrating when (laughs) my husband is like, I'll walk in and all of a sudden she'll start being, my daughter will start being very comfortable <laughs> and feeling very safe and he'll just be like wow she she was fine the whole time you were gone she never does that with me well, yeah I know
2: <laughs> and you're like oh it's all my fault what am I doing yeah and I feel like dads do play that off like see they do it better for me because I'm more strict and you're more lovey-dovey so that means that they're gonna push the boundaries more but really that's not our fault so You can tell them that.
1: (laughs) And Megan, I'm sorry, but I don't think that ever stops because that still happens. They can be like out there playing sweet best friends and Mike's out there with them and I walk in and they start fighting. And he's like, what is it? (laughs) You walk into the room. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It's in the air.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Cool. I sense mom's close. (laughs) So with you know dealing with the different dynamics between your partner and you i mean getting on the same page with just all of the things that come with parenting mm-hmm. what what do you do if there's a hard line disagreement i mean just from you know your own morals and core beliefs and how you were up your upbringing i mean if mm-hmm. you come to something where it's just like i want it this way but i want it this way
2: yeah advice
0: for that yeah that does come
2: up because I- Obviously, this is a topic we care a lot about. And that's why we're going to have spirited arguments about parenting is because we both care. We care Mm -hmm. a lot about our kids and how they turn out. So of course, that's going to become heated then, especially if we feel like one is defending one kid, one's defending the other kid. I mean, like there's a lot at play there. Um, But if there's some you know, fundamental issue like one wants to spank and one doesn't want to spank, or one wants to send to, you know, religious school and one doesn't, or something that's big like that. Um, I always find what helps at least gain perspective on that one circumstance is to again, like I talked about with the family business plan, really, 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 really zoom out and say, what is it about this decision that that is affecting they're going to be when they're 25? And why does that matter so much to you? Because we do, do need to get curious about what is, what's the why? Why are they so impassioned about that being different from you? And how do they see that serving your child? Because they're still at the end of the day, wanting what's best for your kids in a different way, because their worldview sees it differently. So knowing and reminding yourself that even though they're being aggravating <laughs> in your <laughs> mind, it still is acting out of your child's best interest. They still really do want what's best for them. They're just seeing that either that definition of what's best is something different than what you think it is because they really think they need to have a professional degree or have some sort of you know, other accolade behind their name or something that is defining them and you don't agree with. With that you know definition of success or they're seeing that you know the thing that you know spanking is gonna do is gonna help them learn these things and act in these ways which allows them to then when they're 25 be able to do all these other things and then you kind of have to break that down of is there truth to that or is there not and what is you know is there any research to back that up and really just try to get down to the root of that why and then say okay if that's true, and we still can't agree, then how do we how do we compromise? You know, like there's there has to be a way to compromise that either you you know work out some sort of a half and half situation, or you know you concede that one, but I'll give you this one. I mean, that's marriage the you know, the heart of yeah. it, uh, um, <laughs> which is which is hard in and of itself, but. If you ultimately want what's best for your kids, you, it's worth digging through that conversation and it's worth really looking into what the latest research has shown for what it is really best for kids and thinking about even what the world is going to be like when they're 25 and like read up on that because that's fascinating. You can't obviously know what the future holds, but... When you look at like trends of what will be really valued in employees and what's going to help them really survive that world, it's usually not the things that school is teaching. It's it's going to be you know critical problem solving and empathizing and socializing with a team and collaborating and all of these like really really human traits. And, you know, that really doesn't matter if they're in advanced calculus or not, you know, so, so really having those bigger conversations that are hard to have when your kids are little. um, Mm -hmm. Ultimately, those are going to be the things that help you feel more like, okay, I get you, you get me, we're on the same team here.
0: Yeah, these are all things that I mean, with with a kid my age, we're just starting to even think about I mean, so far, it's been like, you know, I'm home with her. And so, this is how, this is how I do things. And then, you know, dad just comes in and kind of follows suit. But, Mm -hmm. you know, as she gets older, there's going to be, I mean, we were, we were raised very differently. So I I know there's going to be some disagreements and headbutting, and, you know, just trying to figure out how to get on the same page one way or another. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's hard. You're not alone for sure. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Do you have, um, so I know, like Megan said, she stays home. I stay home with my kids. Um, when we get set in our ways, it's Mm -hmm. kind of hard to like, let the dads come in and kind of have that space to grow with the kids, do things their own way. Yeah. Um, It's really hard. (laughs) (laughs) When they're little, like, that's not how I change the diaper. Just let me do it myself. That's not how you do this. Like (laughs) for us kind of, how to let them have like create their yeah. own parenting
2: that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's just in the same way we have to pick our battles with our kids. We do have to like pick our battles with our spouse and the, the things that you feel like are going to consequentially affect the person that they become when they're 25 are worth saying, this is the way that it should be done because here's why. And you know, here's what I've read about it And here's, like, what is really working for this kid's personality, you know, and helping them really take on that why, because guys don't want to just be told do it this way, they want to say, they want to be empowered to know, here's what's really behind that, you know, as a strategy, and and here's why it's really serving them and working for his personality. So they want to be on the same page with the whole backstory. But then on the things that are like the technique of how you change the diaper, where not as consequential, Definitely let those fly where they get to make it up as they go and have more ownership over some of the ways that those things play out because they are just as much of wanting control as our toddlers are. (laughs) And we have to give that to them too so that they feel really um, engaged in the process as well. Um, We want them to feel like they are a decision-making member of the team. And have some buy-in too. So you know, if you have a time that you can kind of come together and say, "I've figured out that these things are working. What have you figured out that is working?" You know, and asking for their opinion on some things and being able to say, you know, that same passive-aggressive article you sent Grandma, you can send them and say, <laughs> "Hey, I found this really helpful. I'm going to try this tomorrow." Um, like letting that be more of a we're learning together. Even though they definitely don't have nearly as much of the boots on the ground time spent with the kids, um, you can still help them be as involved in that learning process of just kind of sharing what you're learning in real time as much as you can and just helping them not feel like they're the incompetent dad that just has to, you know, jump in when needed and and they're not really needed, Um, but helping them really feel like, no, like this is your, your, what I kept telling my husband when I was really like nursing, doing all the care routines, staying home most of the time. And he was like, when do I get to play ball with them when they're 16? Just tag me. And then, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I was reminding him, I'm like, what the, what I'm doing really matters now, but it'll taper off a ton. And then when you tag in, like everything that you do is going to be 10 times more influential, especially with girls, you know, because we know how daddy issues turn out, (laughs) just you being present in their life is the most important thing that you can do for them. And even just reminding him that of like, maybe you may be traveling for work. Maybe you may not have lots of time with them, but just them having a present dad is so valuable and in just them developing like a healthy human psyche that like it matters. And, and that's means a lot too. So they got to get some credit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think they need the reminder sometimes, you know, that like you are needed and you are doing a good job. My husband and I were just laughing about um, the other day, like I thought I was gonna have a really hard time with him doing things differently than me, because I'm just kind of like a control person. But <laughs> I, I actually kind of like watching how he does things. And the other day we were laughing because I'm like, "That's how you put her clothes on? Like that's <laughs> a completely different order than what I do. It like that seems so strange, but either way, <laughs> it gets the job done." So, <laughs> yep,
2: yeah, <clears throat> works. They're clothed. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing. I mean, this has been so informational and just I can't wait to listen back to this and implement these things. And I just am so happy that we got to pick your brain with all this knowledge. If you could give people one parenting tip, like your best little, you know, one sentence or couple sentence tip, Mm. what would it be? Um,
2: trust your kids. And and that comes, I think, originally from, like, Janet Lansbury, where she says a lot, like, if when we trust children, we make good decisions. And ultimately, there's been a big paradigm shift in understanding kids in the last 100 years that has been really powerful from, you know, seeing kids as a blank slate to seeing kids as they should be seen and not heard to you know, oh, they actually need stimulation, or oh, like, (laughs) we're just new on the scene of how, how to manage kids. But ultimately, when we trust the process, and we trust ourselves, and we trust our kids to develop the skills they need to at the time and rate they need to, and that they're going to figure it out. And we don't have to Micromanage as much or or be super insistent on obedience as much and just trusting that it'll all work out in the long run, then, and relationship as the main thing, that in the long run will be the most important thing we do. Because if we destroy our parent child relationship by trying to hone in on all of the details and making sure that they do everything right, then we're going to lose the influence that our relationship has. And then with, in, with, with no influence, we have no ability to, you know, have any in say in how their life plays out. And we undermine everything that we're trying to do. So what ultimately really matters is the parent-child relationship in being very healthy and connected and really making them feel understood and heard and celebrated for who they are as you figure that out. And if you keep that the main thing and trust the process, everybody's going to turn out okay okay
0: <laughs> you make it sound sorry sorry no that's okay <laughs> I
1: love oh. it that's awesome okay well we know that you can't have it together all the time no. right? so, <laughs> so we like to do our little hot mess moment segment and we thought we would ask you to share a hot mess moment with us
2: yeah so I felt most like a hot mess recently, and it wasn't recently because we haven't had school, but my daughters go to a Montessori school, and when we had, like, fall pictures, we had to, you know, turn in the things that, like, submitted the pictures or whatever and, and ordered them, and I knew that that was on the radar at some point soon, and so at one of the mornings I was dropping the girls off, I was like, oh, hey, yeah, when it, when are pictures? I can't remember... I know it's coming up soon. And the teacher goes, Oh yeah, they took pictures last Wednesday. Oh <laughs> and, I, and I went, Okay, well, didn't didn't order them, didn't hand it in. And then I just went, Oh crap, what do they look like last <laughs> Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Cool. All right, check that off my list,
0: I guess. Yep. Oh my gosh. Took the stress out of picture day, I guess. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> well, hopefully
1: there's some entertaining pictures to look back on. If you can order that, and that's yeah. I don't is the one day that I like actually put my foot down a little bit on my my daughter's eclectic fashion choices. <laughs>
2: so, yes. Yeah. I usually let them have full reign of. Yeah. Did we brush our hair or not? doesn't really matter nothing matches
1: (laughs) that's too funny okay well we also have a little game to play um just like a kind of rapid fire question Mm -hmm. so uh we'll get started let's see um ask permission or beg forgiveness
2: Ooh. Uh, ask permission
1: If the toilet paper roll is really low, but not completely out, do you replace it or leave it for someone else?
2: Leave it for someone else. Got to use every sheet.
1: (laughs) Especially now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, How many redheads are you friends with? One. Uh, What's your favorite carnival food?
2: Uh, Cotton candy. Mm.
1: Name a word that starts with the letter Q
2: uh courtier (laughs) it's french (laughs) fancy (laughs) that's where my husband works it's a neighborhood bakery
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's like i was not expecting that you know climb a mountain or jump from a plane jump from a plane if you were really hungry would you eat a bug no um how long can you hold your breath for not
2: long 20 seconds,
1: probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever seen a kangaroo in person? I don't think so. And when people stand up for a standing ovation, are you usually one of the earlier people to stand up or one of the later?
2: Ooh. One of the later. Yeah. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> asking the deep questions here.
2: <laughs> yeah. <we're> getting
1: real. <laughs> Thank you for playing.
2: Thank you. Yeah. That asking. For permission one is gonna have me thinking all all night. <laughs> yeah.
1: you know, I'm like, I was just
2: ping-ponging between situations and circumstances, and I'm like, I don't know. Overall, where do I land?
0: <laughs> I'm asked for permission. I'm such a like rule follower and yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Awesome. Well, where can people find you? Can so we're in Washington State, but we have listeners all over. So can people get your courses and, you know, schedule one-on-ones with you, what's the best way?
2: Yeah, everything can be found on my website, which is com, And that's where you can find um, details to work with me one-on-one. And you can find that um, family business plan course there. And uh, you can find my podcast, Failing Motherhood. It's all on that main homepage there. And then on all of the On Facebook, I'm just at Wholeheartedly, and um, Instagram, I'm Parent
0: Wholeheartedly. So Awesome. Well, we can't wait to see your podcast evolve, and I guess not see, but listen to your podcast (laughs) evolve, and just kind of see where everything takes you. So thank you so, so much. This has been such a fun, informative episode. It's honestly been one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done, so we really appreciate you joining us.
2: Thank you. Thank you, and I do have like a freebie. Um, that's just my website slash emotions, and that is like a five-page workbook on managing your kids' big emotions. That I'm happy to to give your listeners because that's one of the biggest pain points of parenting is figuring out what do I do when it's a stage five clinger meltdown <laughs> in the middle of Target. Um, Can so I download that, that helps, right now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Parenting wholeheartedly.com slash emotions.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. We will put that in the show notes in case you missed it. And again, we appreciate you so much. You are awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate, review, and leave us some feedback.
1: Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and join the conversation in our Facebook group at Boss Ladies and Babies.
0: And until next time, stay stay bossy. bossy.